0: everybody, I'm Beth Davis and welcome to Teachable Tuesday where we discover God's heart and are changed by his word. We are back for week two of the do nothing series, but don't panic. You haven't missed much. And as always, you can jump in with us whenever God leads you here. He has something for you today. So grab a Bible. We're gonna be in John 15 this week, next week, last week. Um, and before we get to my words, I want you to hear his words, to soak in and receive God's word. So let's pray. Let's give the Holy Spirit permission to change us as we listen to his word. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you. We thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you that you're teaching us lord how to love you how to be like you how to do life with you give us the grace we need today holy spirit would you highlight the the word or the words that you're speaking to us today thank you lord john 15. i am the true vine and my father is the vine grower He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen so back when i was a youth minister the lord taught me many things there was a lot of joy and so many miracles but Somehow it seems like the harder lessons are the ones that tend to stick out. It's not necessarily a bad thing because isn't that so like the Lord that he takes those difficult moments and he makes them occasions of grace for us. So one Saturday morning, I was getting ready for a core retreat. So that was a time of prayer training, encouragement for my youth ministry volunteers. And as I was getting ready to go to the church, I had to leave my house, of course. And at the time, I was living in this really cool basement apartment that was built into the side of a hill. So to get down to my place, you had to come down these steep stairs, I parked upstairs, come down these steep stairs and across this back patio, where my doors opened up to these gorgeous woods behind the house and i loved the beauty and the privacy of this place but it was kind of a hike it was like hidden away so it was tough to get to which meant that i never wanted to make more than one trip to the car which is a habit i still have today do you do that too like you're bringing in groceries and you just, you're carrying way too many bags because you just, you don't want to come out again. And sure, you can, you can carry all that, right? So it was the same thing for me that morning. I loaded up my arms and my back, right? I I was like a pack mule. I got my backpack. I filled up my arms with, um, folders I had stuffed the night before, I had my water bottle, I had my lunch bag, I think. I had little gifts for the core team. Uh, A water bottle, I was carrying a tarp, don't ask, it it was something for the retreat. And I headed out the door. But as I got to the bottom of those stairs, I took a deep breath. It's like I could feel this like vague trepidation. And so I, I gripped everything in my arms tighter, made sure everything was secure and I started this like Olympic event, right? Climbing these stairs. The thing is they were they were uh, high and they were deep. They were just built into the side of the hill. So they were made of like these old railroad ties. They were kind of uneven. And it's like I could, I could sense it, you know, this was gonna take a real effort. So I'm holding all my stuff. I get started and as you can imagine, maybe you've picked up where this is going, I did not, stick the dismount. Okay. It's like the toe of my sandal caught on the edge of the stair and I went flying forward. And the crazy thing is as I'm falling, I'm just gripping the stuff tighter as if this tarp needs protection, right? As if these folders are going to be injured in the fall. And instead I slam, I slam my shoulder into the stair above it. I skin my knees. I'm, I'm bruised. The wind is knocked out of me. I mean, I, I fell with real force. And as I was sitting there trying to like catch my breath and, and, and just make sure I hadn't broken anything, you know, kind of assessing the damage of the fall, I felt so stupid. And This is maybe a lie for me. Maybe you've got something similar kind of running through your mind. I thought that was so dumb. But at that same moment, I heard a still small voice speaking to me in my heart. In that silence as I'm, I'm frozen, kind of assessing the moment, assessing my body, I heard the Lord say, you can't carry everything. You can't carry everything and at first (laughs) I laughed because the Lord he's funny he's witty but it didn't take long maybe maybe the space of a a breath I just began to cry because I knew God wasn't just talking about the stuff in my arms he was talking about all the intangible things I was carrying all the people I loved the people that I was struggling with to love, the pressure I felt at work, fear about the future, sadness about so many things. And I was trying to bear it all on my own, trying to carry it all on my own. So that moment, that great fall, was really a great occasion of grace because it brought to mind the reality that I was doing life apart from God. I was trying to do it on my own we talked about those three little words last week on my own it can get us into a lot of trouble can't it because the problem with uh, caring too much or, or doing too much isn't only that we become stressed and scattered the real danger is that when we do too much on our own we we do it without god we revert, we default into that ungodly independence. Not just doing some things on our own, but but instead it's like we get this streak in us to do everything on our own. It's this horrible side effect of original sin. We don't trust that the Father will take care of us, so we try to take care of everything ourselves. We don't believe in some deep, dark hidden maybe maybe small place undenied place or or denied place we think that god is not going to provide for us or able to provide for us or that he doesn't want to provide for us and so we decide we we default to providing for ourselves but i can't carry everything i can't and neither can you Many of you have beautiful plans and ambitions for the new year, maybe even for the next 10 years. We have this vision for our lives, for who we think we're supposed to be or or what we think we're supposed to be doing, a vision for our families, our vocations, our careers, who we hope to become. But oftentimes when we sit down to make that change, uh, it's overwhelming. Right? We've got this 10-year plan, this five-year plan, even just a goal for this new year. And we wonder, where do I even begin? Is it with finances or relationships? What about my health? Uh, getting my house in order, my home in order. Is it parenting? Is it career? All of these different areas feel urgent and are important. And those different categories, and I only named a few, they're broad. So even if we just choose one to focus on, there are so many different resources to consider, action steps to take. And it can feel that way about our faith too, right? This is what we talked about last week. There's a wealth of resources out there to help us build virtue, conquer sin, grow in holiness, uh, learn how to and, and deepen our faith from blessed is she alone. There's a a treasury, a treasure trove of resources in the church. But when we undertake even these beautiful practices in our own strength, we find many times that it falls flat, or we do. We fall flat. So, again, what does Jesus have to say about change, about doing? about this uh, ungodly independence, right? Doing it on our own. How can we be deeply transformed? We're anchoring ourselves in John chapter 15, verse five, when Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing do nothing, apart from me, you can do nothing. It's an image that we're so familiar with that I think oftentimes we don't even think about it. But you've seen a vine, right? I, I have a plant um, above my, my bed in my bedroom with these long hanging vines. And if I were to take off one leaf, one branch from the vine, this gorgeous, overflowing, healthy, vigorous vine, it would wither and die. These are the words of Jesus, but I want you to imagine it. I want you to to see it. You've experienced this in your real life, and I want you to understand the analogy that Jesus is using. That branch withers and dies apart from the vine. We've seen it happen. We throw those leaves and branches away. In the words of Jesus, they're thrown into the fire and burned. They're, They're of no use to anyone. They wither and die. That's that's what's on the line for you and I. That's what's at stake for our souls when we're separated from the vine because we're just a little branch, a, a beautiful, uh, a potentially fruit bearing branch. Actually, we're all fruit bearing. Question is good fruit, bad fruit, fruit in good season. I won't go off on that. Just occurred to me right now. Okay, so the goal is to abide in Him, to be with him and to not do anything without him and to bear much fruit not some fruit but much fruit we need his grace to make that change and to be changed we can't do any of it on our own so now what (laughs) hopefully i've convinced you or the word of god has convinced you that that image of of a a leaf a, a branch apart from the vine that's Helping you to understand, uh, to give context to your own experience of doing life on your own. But let me give you an example of, of now what. A couple of years ago, uh, a celebrity who I really enjoy started to get quite a bit of attention because she got in shape. She was always beautiful. And if you knew anything about her background or you'd ever heard her speak, she's super smart, crazy smart. She's a talented actress, comedian. Uh, She was doing all of these different things in, in production, in that world. But people, myself included, got especially interested in her when she lost the weight. And in interviews she gave, she said that ultimately what she could credit with this whole body whole person transformation was that she devoted herself to a year of health catchy right and inspiring not only did she change her diet she changed her routine her habits even her relationships she gave all of her strength and attention and time to this singular purpose she narrowed her vision and she became single-minded about this one important thing her health but this kind of dedication shouldn't be reserved solely for our health it's what's required of each one of us as catholic christians matthew chapter 6 verse 33 jesus says strive first for the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness this is the priority this is what has to come first not only first but above and in and through everything strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness this is the call of every single baptized Catholic Christian to live with a radical and radical single-heartedness for God so this series do nothing indeed the whole Christian life isn't simply about doing less or, or doing more with Jesus although these are good and noble aspirations they're steps on the way the ultimate goal of this life is to become like him to how do we do that to become one with him Now, if you want to become like a person, you spend a lot of time with them. (laughs) You study them. You listen to their words. You read whatever they've written. You adopt their mannerisms, their way of thinking and and speaking and and being. You you embody uh, their very essence. And slowly, you start to resemble the object, or in this case, the subject of your devotion and we've seen this phenomenon in friendships right maybe you've experienced this you start to say little things that your best friend says or you adopt these mannerisms that your co-worker does i know that's true for me <laughs> or you begin to think in line with your spouse on certain issues the more time you spend with them the more exposure you have the more you're you're drawn into relationship the more you're conformed into their image now it's a dim analogy right when we compare it with human relationships but it's the same way it's speaking something very deeply a truth about our relationship with christ about the pattern of how to become like him as you become wholly, wholly devoted to him as you conform your life to his, you're transformed by grace, not by your own effort, but by grace. Simply by exposing yourself to Jesus, you become like him through grace, by grace, into his likeness. And there's only one way to accomplish this union, by abiding in him, abiding. Now that might sound like abstract or spiritual language, but I want to break it down for you. I want to make it really practical. So today I'm going to invite you to do just one thing. That's it. Just one thing. The pressure is off. Take a deep breath. After all, that's what Jesus recommends. So flip in your Bible, I hope you have one right there to Luke chapter 10. You probably know this scene while Jesus goes to the house of his friends, Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And Mary, her beautiful, generous servant's heart, she's getting everything ready. And and this was customary in those days. the women prepared the meal and, and delighted, I, I think, I hope for the most part, to serve uh, people who came into their home, the, the men that they loved and respected, their families. And so Martha is working herself up, it sounds like, into a bit of a frenzy. It's easy to do. We've all been there. But Mary, her sister, is sitting at the feet of Jesus, soaking in every word that he says looking upon his face, gazing at him with love, desiring to be so close to him. She can't even sit in, in a seat. She can't even sit nearby him. She's got to sit at his feet, listening to him. And when Martha complains to Jesus and, and, and asks for help, wants Jesus to tell Mary to help her, what does Jesus say? This is verse 41, Luke chapter 10, verse 41. But the Lord answered her, Martha. Martha. Quick pause here, just a, 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 an aside for context. Uh, in the time of Jesus, when, when someone used your name twice, it's a, it's a sign of affection. It's a term of endearment. He's not exasperated with her. He, he's actually, um, by saying her name two times, he's, he's communicating his love for her. Martha. Martha. Oh, can you feel the love of Jesus saying your name twice? Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken from her. There is need of only one thing. This one thing. The better part Jesus is describing is sitting at his feet, spending time with him, listening to his words, loving him, abiding in him. That's the one thing. That's the only thing. That's the better part. So that's what I want to invite you to do. One thing. I want you to love him, to abide with him, to soak him up with one simple spiritual practice. It might be something you're already doing or something new. So over Christmas, I had uh, an extended break. I had some vacation. Thanks be to God. It was just what my soul needed. And the temptation going into those two weeks was to kind of pack it in with stuff what I tend to do. I think we might have that in common. We want to maximize our time. So I'm I'm planning this, you know, trip up the Pacific Coast Highway to visit all my friends. I'm trying to squeeze in an eight day, right, a week before to see if I can make a retreat. Um, I, I have all these thoughts and ideas. Maybe I'll go up north, do an overnight, see people, right? I want to I wanna make the most of the time. But I brought it before the Lord, a grace in itself that I, that I just asked Jesus, what should I do with this time and very clearly very simply he asked me to do one thing make a holy hour every day and when I heard that invitation from the Lord I thought is that it that's all and and I kept kind of pressing him I kept bringing it up in prayer but yeah that was it make a holy hour every day and can I tell you something it actually it wasn't easy especially in the beginning it's just one thing my whole day i've got 24 hours in a day what's one hour you would think uh it wouldn't be that hard to be faithful to this one thing that jesus is asking of me but it was a battle the catechism says prayer is a battle describes prayer as a battle and there was a battle going on in me early on in my vacation. But as I settled into that rhythm and I just did one thing, I made a holy hour every day. It saved my life. My my heart was transformed. I received in that holy hour, those holy hours, a life-changing grace that is continuing to unfold because I was faithful to the one thing because I chose By God's grace, with his help, I chose the better part, to sit at his feet, to be with him, to love him, to adore him. I was tempted to fill up my vacation with all of these good things, but there was need. What I needed was only one thing. It was for my good. Instead of me doing what I think is good for me, it was for my good to do this one thing. So what is that one thing for you? What one spiritual practice is Jesus inviting you to take on or continue to, to focus on primarily, right? To commit to and maybe, maybe to, to let the others fall away gently. Doesn't mean we don't do anything else, right? But, but where our, our heart is, is to be faithful to the one thing Jesus has asked. And that better part will not be taken from you. So let's pray and ask him. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come Holy Spirit. Lord God, thank you for your divine simplicity, Thank you that you only ask us for one thing, to love you, to be with you. That might look different for each one of us in this season, but right now, Jesus, oh, you're so creative. You're so good. All of these beautiful invitations are kind of um, blossoming in my heart, God, And, and I pray that you would just pour out these beautiful invitations of love to come away, to rest a while, to choose the, the better part with your grace, God. What is the one thing you're inviting us to? Jesus says my sheep hear my voice you can hear him God is speaking to your heart right now he wants you to hear him he wants you to know him he wants to be loved by you don't be afraid Thank you Jesus we pray all these things in your holy and precious name Jesus Christ amen in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit amen God bless you friends I would I would love to uh, if you're open to it to share your one thing with us here in the comments uh, and encourage one another pray for one another okay see you next week bye